Welcome back to the Back in the Gap podcast. I'm Joey, joined today by Luke and Travis. And uh, today we're starting a little mini-series on the, the sole of the Reformation. Um, we're not necessarily going to get into the Reformation today, but uh, we're talking about grace alone, um, sola gratia. Um, and essentially, you know, what does it mean that we are saved by grace alone? Uh, why is it important that it is only grace that saves us and not anything about ourselves um, and how we can use that to relate to other people? So I guess you have a verse pulled up. I don't know if you want to start with this verse. Yeah, or? we sure can. <clears throat> uh, whenever we first discussed this topic, this was immediately the first verse that came to my mind, uh, first passage. And it's Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 10. It says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And uh, I read this passage, it's been several months ago, uh, but it, it was just a very interesting read-through, and I had read it in a way that I don't guess I had dissected it in the same sense that I have, you know, done previously. Uh, and so it was very interesting. It kind of, I guess, uh, made the scripture come more alive for me in, in a sense. But Paul writes this to the church at Ephesus, and uh, you know, we know within Paul's writings, like there's a reason for why he writes things, right? And it's because there was an issue, and it was because people were being boastful and they were being proud. And so, um, <clears throat> you know, knowing that we have done nothing to earn salvation, to earn God's love. Uh, is very critical to the Christian faith. It's necessary for us to have that because otherwise, if, if we're you know the end all be all of why we're being saved and the causation of it, if we're the solution to the problem, then that would make us God, right? And we can't be God, and we shouldn't be God. Um, <clears throat> and so, knowing that it's not something that we have done to where we have earned salvation is very important to uh, have as a foundational belief of the Christian walk. And so uh, I really like the part where he reiterates his point um, and he says, you know, not a result of works so that no one may boast. And uh, he talks about the fact that we are created uh, as God's workmanship and we are created for good works. And so, uh, you know, it, it, he reminds us of what we should be doing. He reminds us that we are created beings. So there is a creator. There is a God. There's something higher above us. And he reminds us not to be proud and boastful, rather to be humble and to do the job that has been and the task that has been laid before us. And so I think it's a really uh, great just foundational belief that, you know, Paul is writing like, let's get this out. Let's be clear about this. There's no need for, you know, anyone to be saying, oh, look at what I've done. Um, <clears throat> and so I have to be reminded of that as well because there will be times where I'm like, my God, I've done all these things. Like, look at how great of a person I am. And, you know, I have not done things like those people have done. Um, but it's important that we don't elevate ourselves to be above another person because God loved that person just as much as he loves us. And so with that, they are equally as undeserving as we are of the gospel. 
and it's simply the free gift, and it's our duty and responsibility to the non-believers, those who don't know Christ, to extend that and to show them, hey, look, this is what God has done for me and how undeserving I was of it. And so here's how he can change your life. So I don't know, it's just a great passage of scripture that um, <clears throat> was instantly what I thought about whenever we decided to uh, take this route. So Yeah. I, th- I think it's incredibly important, you know, to look at, especially even after we are saved, like nothing that we're able to do that is good is is from ourselves. It is from yeah. God still working within us. Um, and I think it's very easy to get self-righteous. Um, I know for myself, judgment is something that is a struggle in terms of like, I want to be right, therefore I will justify myself in being right. Um, but, you know, God shows us time and time again that it's not what we're doing. Um, it's how he's using us. You know, from a stance that's like a less obvious version of pride, you know, you have your your pride where you're looking at yourself in comparison to either the world around you or the people around you, uh, or you have your comparison, like you were talking about earlier, uh, or like just justifying everything in your own mind just to be right because you like being right. Uh, there's a level of pride in like trying to be comfortable, uh, justifying to your own mind that you've earned your keep where you are. Uh, and so, you know, for me, that's what I think about whenever I hear this passage is like, no, the only reason that you are anywhere within the body of Christ, the only reason that you uh, get to experience all these things and get to be a part of this, uh, and the only reason that you're free from uh, all this uh, punishment that you would be facing and, uh, anyway. This goes on. The only reason you're free from all of this is because of God's grace and grace alone. It's not because you decided to, you know, you know, say yes to God. It's not because you, you know, you go to church. It's not because, oh, well, maybe you're even a servant's heart and you really do get out and go out and serve. It's not because of any of that. It's because of God's grace. And that's the only thing, um, it's the only reason that you're anywhere where you are, uh, mentally and spiritually. And not, you, you're not in a position where you can justify and just be comfortable where you are, uh, and be be happy with yourself. It's something that you have to always look forward, look ahead, and see how can I be more like God, you know, someone who had all this grace. Yeah, <clears throat> and Christ is always continually working in us, um, <clears throat> and it's one of the things that I've found in in my life that uh, constantly surprises me because I recognize my own flaws and faults, uh, and, and God reveals those to us in many different ways, but I would say most of the time that he does it is through other people, right? Um, you know, whenever we have disagreements as brothers in Christ, um, whether they're strife or whatever, you know, God shows us where, you know, your faulty areas are and what you need to work on, and um, <clears throat> You know, being self-aware enough to say, okay, these are my issues, and I recognize these things, and I'm working on them, and God has placed these people in my life to help me. Um, <clears throat> I mean, that's a tremendously, uh, I mean, that's something that we should be thankful for. Um, and so with that, recognizing within myself that I struggle tremendously with being a merciful person uh, and 
instead of having pity on someone and saying, you know, God, thank you that I wasn't that person and that I didn't have that experience, oftentimes I'll sit on, you know, back on my pride and say, well, that person's an idiot. Look at what they've done with themselves and the mistakes that they've made in their life. And I'll say, well, look at me. I haven't done those things, right? <clears throat> and so uh, God's been teaching me a lot about rather than casting judgment on that person, you know, how are you going to effectively communicate to that person that you love and care about them? Because if I, you know, know all of the, the, the things to say to them to say that God loves you, but yet I haven't communicated that I love you, like my words are meaningless. And, right. and that brings me back to uh, <clears throat> when Jesus talks about the disciples meeting other people's needs, you know, and he's like, I was naked and you did not clothe me. I was hungry and you did not feed me. Like, you can do all these things and you can say these things, but if you haven't met the person's needs, like they get, they're not going to get the fact that Christ loves them. And uh, <clears throat> you can't even get to the, the, the truth of the gospel if that's the case, you know. So well, it's just what reminded me of whenever you uh, were, were talking about that. So. Yeah, and uh, like just like we were bought with a price and just like, you know, grace was given to us, sometimes a person may not even begin to understand the ramifications of their own actions or may not even have that self-reflection uh, until you know, we, you know, give out grace to others. And, you know, maybe grace alone is, for them, from a human being, having grace is the only thing that can really have them look at their own life, yeah. uh, which would ultimately not be from our power. Yeah. It is from God working within us. Uh, but God giving grace alone to somebody else in a, in a real, you know, tangible way through some through us if we're listening to God and uh, acting out on what he tells us to do uh, sometimes that can be the only thing that might bring somebody to that level of understanding yeah right and I mean we're called to you know follow God's example of what relationship looks like right um, and so in the ways that he's you know shown us grace shown us mercy we're supposed to you know also reflect that onto other people um, even if they don't understand, all right? Uh, but were you about to say something there, Luke? Well, it, it um, reminded me of whenever Jesus stops all of the people that are about to stone the prostitute. You know, mm -hmm. they had all judged her, and, and uh, you know, she was, I said prostitute, caught up in adultery. Um, <clears throat> and so, you know, Jesus intervenes, and he says, he who is without sin cast the first stone, you know. And uh, eventually all of them, dropped their stones, read their cloaks, and they went on because they couldn't, you know. Jesus was the only one there who had the authority and the right to judge her, and yet he chose to show her grace. Right. And, and the question is why? Why? Why would Jesus do that? You know, because if it was one of us, it's like, well, I mean, my goodness, she deserved it, right? Mm -hmm. She did the action. Here's the consequence. It's very clear in the law what the judgment was for someone doing that. Uh, and... and but Jesus doesn't do that. He instead gives her grace. And uh, the question why, well, Jesus loves her. He cares about her. You know, she is a created child that is his. And so um, rather than condemning her and saying, oh, here's your judgment, you know, 
Um, and him leading the charge of stoning her, you know, he gives her another opportunity. And uh, I believe that he instructs her to sin no more. Uh, and so I don't think I've ever had someone extend grace to me in that sense from a person to person. Uh, but I've definitely had to have my fair share of apologies and, you know, say I'm sorry and please forgive me for messing this up. And, uh, right. you know, many times my mouth has ran away from me a time or two. And so uh, people's feelings get hurt. And so there has to be, you know, a rejoining of the union. And so uh, I, I love that passage of Scripture because it's such an embodiment of, you know, culturally that time or this time, people would look at that sin and they would say, that's a capital sin. Like, that's, you know, you're dealing with a, a, a very bad case, right? Um, but Jesus doesn't look at it that way. He just gives her the grace. And so uh, I think it's an extremely powerful testament of how much God really loves us that we cannot fully fathom and grasp. Right. I mean, that's something that, like, trying to grasp that concept is literally impossible for me. Like, that <laughs> yes. kind of love that is fully undeserved, right? Uh, the verse I had pulled up for grace, uh, I'm in Romans 5. Um, but God shows his love for us, and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Um, and that particular verse is quoted a lot, but, I mean, even the surrounding stuff going, going forward here in verse 9, since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be be saved by him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more, now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. Um, that word reconciled is used, you know, so much. Yeah. Um, because it's not like we were always separated from God. We chose rebellion, and yet he still shows us grace. Right. Mm -hmm. Um which is, I mean, you know, at the time, obviously a radical concept, right? They look around, they're like, well, no, this is what God said. You do this, you deserve this. Um, but Jesus came and said, well, you're not capable of earning that. Right. Um, let me take that burden from you. Yeah. So we've, uh, we've talked about grace alone in relation to, to sin. Uh, should we talk about now grace alone in relation to works? Mm. How do you mean? Um, just by saying that we're saved by grace alone, and so we're not saved by anything else. Right, right. Yeah, I, I think that you know we we sort of covered that um, at the beginning, but that but that is a very you know important part of like we cannot we cannot work you know enough to undo our sin. Right. Yeah. Um, there, there is no amount of effort that we can put forth. There is no action that we can take. Um, it, it is only by God's grace that we can have salvation. Yeah. And you can't save yourself, right? Mm -hmm. That's not enough good in you to undo the bad in you. Like mm -hmm. we're all deeply flawed and have a sin nature uh, that's that's in us by birth and by nature, uh, and that has been passed down through man since. God created Adam and Eve, and they had children, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, because they chose to sin, here we have all the consequences and the reality of that. And so <clears throat> there's nothing. We're so untainted. It's, it's like, okay, try to 
try to uh, make something that's dirty clean again by using something that's dirty. If you've got a dirty rag and you keep trying to clean up a mess, mm -hmm. but the rag doesn't ever get clean, you can't clean up the mess, can you? It's still dirty. Yeah. And so uh, <clears throat> in the same sense, we cannot purify ourselves. There has to be something greater than us that instead purifies us. And so uh, with that being Christ, being the blood of Jesus that was given as the perfect and uh, blameless sacrifice for us. And so, you know, it goes back to the cross uh, and everything that we discuss and talk about, but even uh, much more importantly with this, you know, Christ chose in the garden. You know, he said, Father, if it's your will, I'll do this, but please take this cup from me. Let it pass. And uh, that is one of the most uh, human elements that we get to see of Christ, I believe, in Scripture, uh, because he did not desire to do that. Yeah. Right? It was not what he wanted to do because he understood the pain and the suffering that he was about to endure, uh, which was tremendous. And so, um, you know, seeing that human aspect to him uh, really puts into perspective the choice that he had to make because he didn't have to. Yeah. It, it was his choice to do so. And there's, yeah, there's nothing in Scripture that was like, all right, if you do X, Y, Z, then, then you'll be saved. Or, or you'll have, uh, you'll, your, your, sa your salvation will be renewed. Like, if you do X, Y, Z, then we can, you know, put the punch on there. You, your, your subscription's renewed. You're good to go. And, and there's also nothing that, that says, oh, if you do the X, this or that, then, then you're no longer saved. Uh, you, you have to leave. You, can, you can't be here anymore. Um, you messed up. Uh, there's nothing in Scripture that ever says anything like that. The only thing in Scripture that mentions anything uh, close to uh, a sin that's unforgivable is blaspheming God, but that has a lot to do with salvation in itself. Uh, and so we don't have to get too into that unless you want to. Uh, but there's nothing that you can do to lose your salvation. There's nothing you can do to gain your salvation. The only thing that salvation comes from is from God's grace alone. And, right. you know, it's it's really comforting to know that there's nothing we can do to lose it. Because uh, if we could lose it, then everybody would have lost it many times over yeah. many years. Uh, absolutely no one would be saved, even Peter, even, you know, these people, even Paul, the people that you would look up to the most. Uh, Paul says, you know, I am the greatest uh, of all sinners. Um, yet God still uses us and chooses us to go out and achieve all these, go out and do his work. Uh, only reason and only way that we can do it is through grace, his grace. Right. And so, like, the works that, that the Bible talks about, um, you know, loving your neighbor, uh, meeting their needs, going out and sharing the gospel, uh, being good to those around you, uh, leading your family well. All these things are, are done not through our own abilities, but through Christ, grace. And so we have, have to remind ourselves that you know, nothing within our power is, is within our power. Right. Uh, I mean, you know, talking about that, I'm reminded of um, the rich young ruler that Jesus encounters um, it's like, what do I have to do to inherit heaven? Like, how do I achieve salvation, right? 
Um, and, and Jesus says, um, follow all the commandments. And he says, I've done it my whole life. I've kept the commandments, every single one of them. And Jesus says, but you still love your money. Go and sell everything that you have um, and follow me. And, and he can't do it. And, and so I think I, that shows for us, um, you know, A, was he able to keep all the commandments perfectly? No. Probably not, right? Um, but B, even if he did, right, even if he was being truthful in that moment, which I don't believe he was, he still had something in this world that he clung on to, right? Um, and so for him, he couldn't achieve salvation on his own, right? It had to be through Christ. Um, and that's the same, you know, for all of us. Uh, following the law, um, we're incapable of doing it, right? That's why, you know, Jesus had to come and had to die. Um, because under the old covenant... I, we're just incapable of reconciling with God through that, right? Yeah, yeah. And that, that reminds me of a little analogy. This is something that um, teachers, coaches, directors, everybody have said to me before, and it's so true. Um, if you take a great big old tub of homemade vanilla ice cream, and you're really you're ready to dig into this, but there's a little bit of a trick. You know, there's like one little dash in there, somewhere in there, but you have no idea where, of bird poop, which is nice and white, and you can't even tell where it is. It's just mixed in there just a little bit. Or I think our former youth pastor has used this analogy before as well. Would you eat it, Joey? Would you be brave enough to <laughs> dig into it? <laughs> How big of a tub are we talking about? Are we talking about anyway, bluebell? Or no, 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 just a pint. A pint. That's, yeah, that's that raw, whole thing dude. is contaminated. <laughs> yeah, but it's great ice cream. The whole thing is great ice cream. You, you got maybe like a tenth of an ounce of bird poop in there. Right. I'm but out, that's enough. I'm to, out, dog. That's mm-hmm. enough to disqualify just, just it. Yeah. Go ahead and, say it. And, and so just in the same way, even if that rich young ruler had kept all those commandments, his one little connection and selfishness and greed to his worldly possessions would be enough to negate everything else. Yeah. Because, you know, no, it doesn't matter how good something is. You put one little dash of something bad in there, it's ruined. Right. Uh, anyway, I just wanted to mention that little analogy. <laughs> no, I like that. Bet you did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well. So, you know, having this knowledge, like, that it is not of our own doing that we're saved, that it is purely, you know, God having grace upon us, something that we didn't deserve. How then should we respond to, you know, people that we meet in our daily lives, right? How should we interact with people knowing that we haven't earned anything? I think the biggest thing, uh, you know, from, from my outlook personally is just uh, <clears throat> recognizing that I'm no different from someone else and just because... Uh, God saved me from a lot of uh, things that, you know, mistakes that I could have made, um, saved me from myself and from my sin, doesn't make me special, you know. Um, and so my treatment of other people should be universal. 
right? And um, I don't think that's always the case for me. And so I, I have to be careful that I don't just say, well, you know, I'm not going to deal with those people over there because they've done those things, you know, and I don't, I'm not part of that, you know. Um, <clears throat> I think that there's a, a somewhat of a toxic mentality that happens where we begin to be so afraid of sin that we give sin more power than it actually has. And we distance ourselves from the fact that we ourselves are actually sinners as well. We don't ever truly come to grips with the fact that after we've re received salvation that <clears throat> we're still going to make mistakes. We're still going to mess up. And so we act like sin is this you know, taboo thing that doesn't need to be talked about and that I'm not partaking in, that you're not partaking in. You know, It's those people over there. <clears throat> but it's not the case. And sin is sin, right? Um, all sin put Christ on the cross. You know, God is the judge of you know, the extent of what that is, but for us and for me in, in my life, just being obedient, you know, and sharing, treating everyone with the same amount of respect um, and, and not saying I'm not going to identify and associate with those people because, you know, they're, they need Christ's love just as much as I need it. They need salvation just as much as I needed it. And, uh, I can't continue to, to hate that person and not share the love of Christ with them, you know. Mm -hmm. I think also, like, humility is, is, like, most important. Like, that's the first thing. It really helps you be gracious to others. Uh, but also, like, a certain sense of attention, intentionality is required as well uh, because, like, we can – it's easy for us to be gracious uh, to the people who are immediately around us and to the people that we see, you know, very often uh, or that we want to associate with, uh, it, it's a lot harder to, you know, to be gracious to people who we may think in our heads that don't deserve it or that, you know, we don't have much of a connection to, so we're not really, we don't really care too much to go make that connection. Uh, and so, you know, being, you know, being gracious for someone else just like we were sought out, uh, like God sought us out, you know, where we were, where we were actively avoiding him. And so sometimes we have to realize that, you know, people are actively maybe avoiding a conversation with us or avoiding us all together because they know, you know, what relationship we have with Christ. And so even still, we have to be gracious to those people and seek them out just like God sought us out. Uh, because there's a level of you know, active uh, participation is required for us to, uh, to be giving out grace to those people. And so, yeah. Yeah, I think, um, you know, kind of like both of y'all said, just understanding, you know, our place and our relationship with God in terms of like, we're so incapable of God's love yet he still provides it to us. So what place do we have to then, you know, say to someone else, like, well, you're not deserving of my love. I'm not going to extend love to yeah. you, right? Um, I mean, you have the, the parable, you know, where that Jesus gives of um, someone who has this massive debt forgiven, and then, you know, he holds this small debt over someone else's head. Um, 
And I think that it, I find myself in that position a lot of just really elevating the small things um, and not extending grace where that's absolutely not my place, right? Mm-hmm. Um, for those especially who are not, you know, who, who don't know Christ, I mean, they absolutely need to see the best example that we can present of God to them. Um, because if we're going around misrepresenting Christ, you know, what if we're the ones who completely cut them off um, from ever accepting, right? What if we're the ones who, who do that? Um, I think we have to, to really understand that just being obedient in, in, in these small ways of extending grace to people can have a huge impact. Um, and when we don't and we choose to be selfish about it, uh, which I know I oftentimes do, like, that impact could also be very big, but in a negative way, right? Um, so, yeah. I feel like this has been a productive conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. I think that I've learned a thing or two. I think so as well. <clears throat> I, I, I feel like, and I don't know if you all felt like this, I... Doing the podcast has definitely taught me more than I thought it would. Just yeah. in terms of like sitting down and getting different perspectives on the topic, different verses someone might pull up. Yeah, mm-hmm. I I agree with that, but uh, I think more so for me, it's um, it's given me a certain level of um, how do I say this? I wouldn't say peace, but um, it's encouraged me in a sense that I didn't think that I was going to be encouraged. Recognizing and hearing y'all talk about, you know, different things that you struggle with, um, hearing how God has interacted with you with that, um, how he is changing you and working on you, um, and then hearing people come to the same conclusions about Scripture that I've come to, you know, it's like, wow, that's encouraging because, you know, we may have had some of the same studies and lessons and stuff, but even still, independently, you had to, to learn and, and to recognize and, and to come to that conclusion yourself. And so um, it gives me a level of confidence in some of the things that I know that God has shown me uh, that maybe there's just a little bit of doubt that, that I have, you know. Um, right. And so that's been very encouraging, which has been a more surprising aspect of it. Yeah. I'd say for me, there's like a – in our podcast, there's a very – real like expectation of okay we're going to show up this is what we're going to talk about we're not going to get off topic too much uh we're not going to you know goof off the whole time there's like a real level of like this is what like this is the kind of conversation that we're going to have and you don't really get in like let's say a group that is mixed with a lot of uh you know long time like in the church believers uh, maybe some newer ones, and there's nothing wrong with that. Like that, you need those conversations with those groups, uh, but also just like being able to just like dive in to scripture, you know, from a perspective of you know someone at our age who's grown up in church, um, diving into scripture, sharing personal experience, uh, in just a group of three, it yeah. is not something that you really get in, unless you seek it out. 
and do it on your own intentionally. Right. Yeah. It's a lot more streamlined, I guess. Yeah. I don't think that's the yeah. right word, but I think it's just an intentional conversation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, like there's a there's a point and a purpose to it. Uh, and I try to I try to do that in basically every conversation I ever have, but mm -hmm. um, I just I don't like to beat around the bush. <laughs> right. I'd rather get to the point, but that's you know a me thing. Not everyone's like that. Uh, but I, we have to show grace to those people. Yep. Oh yeah. <laughs> You know, I don't know. It's just, it's good. I like it. Oh, I, hadn't, yeah. I hadn't been on the cast in a while. You haven't. You've been a very, very busy man. <laughs> Still am. Indeed. Well, that has been all from us uh, with the Back in the Gap podcast. We appreciate you listening to us talk about grace and then continuing to listen to us ramble for a little bit there. <laughs> um, yeah, we'll see you next week.